0: back to the behind the net podcast as always i'm one of your two co-hosts matthew and join join with me today is
1: hey guys it's me michael i am the other co-host and our hope today is that this episode is going to be short by the time you're seeing this uh you'll you'll know for sure if we fell through on that promise or lived up to it
0: not exactly short but but more more so you know to the point than 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 most uh most episodes we have we've always you know, tend to go over, uh, over our desired, uh, time limit, but it's, it's all mm-hmm. good because we always have good discussions on here. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Matthew, how's your week been? It's been, it's been decent. It's been pretty good. Uh, just kind of the same old, same old, you know, uh, things are, cases are kind of rising and people are being more, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to hunker down a little more. So, you know, it's kind of getting into that routine again.
1: Yeah. I feel the same way. Stuff's been up uh, piling up for me, personally school-wise work-wise but it's all good and in some downtime i've been picking trying this new game called uh out of the park baseball 21 which i have to say is one of the best
0: games i've ever played really so it is it on console or what What? what's it on
1: it's on uh computers you okay. basically it's a glorified be a gm mode for baseball
0: okay okay that's what i thought when you said it it sounded like that
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's really uh it it seems a little complex at first but honestly once you get the hang of it it's it's really fun to play i on, according to my steam i have uh 29 hours of playtime already
0: jeez i mean i've always loved like the franchise modes and the gm modes and you know nhl nba um and even mlb the show so uh but i i imagine like probably a, a pc game probably takes it to the next level
1: mhm yeah this this game is i don't usually play games on pc let's just uh start that off there but for it's only what 23 bucks on steam it's it's well worth the investment
0: mm-hmm. so there's our uh there's our game recommendation of the week we, imagine we do that every every week that would be yeah be i, I cool. like that yeah um but yeah other than that uh it's been a pretty good week and uh as we're about to get into uh you know the sports uh, news of the week it's been a pretty eventful week in sports um mm-hmm. definitely especially in basketball because you know this week the draft is on uh wednesday we'll get into that shortly um you know trades have opened up trade week has opened up and uh you know a whole bunch of stuff there but we'll, we'll let's start let's start a little more relaxed and talk about um hockey because yeah. uh in hockey there hasn't been much news but the nhl released uh kind of their league-wide new campaign is uh the reverse retro jerseys Mm -hmm. where uh kind of every team is is you know kind of taking a retro jersey in their history and kind of uh putting a new spin on it um you know except for vegas who you know since they're so new they they pretty much have a new jersey altogether. um Mm -hmm. but i want to i want to know your uh you know your uh your rankings or your favorite not even rankings let's just let's just talk about your favorites and least favorites but first i want to know what your thoughts were on the Toronto Maple Leafs jersey We talked a little bit about this um, So I mean for anyone who hasn't seen It's basically um, The jersey that they wore in the 1970s Mainly 1970 mm-hmm. That season um, It's based off that that year's jersey Except instead of the white uh, Going down the sleeves um, it, it, uh, On the stripes It is a like a grey A, a grey tone With the blue but the thing is, they didn't use the same logo that they used, like on the front of the jersey, They didn't use the same logo that they used back in 1970. Um, they used, like the the one. Um, you'll have to uh, you'll have to take a look. uh like you could obviously search up the jersey and find it, but um, because I, I don't do the best job at describing it, but it's basically the. I believe it was in the. Uh, what, what what era was this? The 40s? The 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 Maple Leafs they used? or was this the six like? This this was uh,
1: the logo that they used in 1967 when they won their most recent Stanley Cup. And it was also an alternative jersey from 2011 to 2016.
0: Mm. Now, on this one, though, it's basically blue on blue. So it looks Mm -hmm. like it's like a blue leaf. And the, um, the front is obviously blue, the front of the jersey. And the outline of the leaf is the gray color that they've been using. And, you know, the wording is grey as well. But something about the logo just looks cheap on that jersey. And mm-hmm. maybe it's because they made it really big as well. And we know that, you know, um, even Brendan Shanahan even said this when they released the 2016 jerseys, the, um, the new jersey designs that they wanted the Leaf to be big and really, you know, um, bold on, on, the, on the front of the jersey. But I think when you do blue on blue, the, it just looks like a really big, cheap outline.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's basically what my thoughts are is the Jersey had so much potential based on the early screenshots that we got and rightfully so a lot of people were very excited because the Jersey initial design that was, they were basing it off of had been in use for 22 years. So clearly it must've worked if it was being used for that long. Having said that, what the Leafs ended up coming up with is I have two, one of two reactions. One I understand they were kind of screwed in the sense that they had very little to work with. But at the same time, they really didn't do a great job of what they came up with. Like you said, the logo itself is too big. Blue on blue just just do not look we- does not look right to me. If it's white, it's probably a better looking jersey. But I think the one bigger gripe for me is the numbers on the back. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've seen the picture, but it's blue on blue. Ooh like it's similar not, to the logo. Yeah. It's not as it's not good. It's it's all around a disappointment because it's again, the Leafs usually have gotten some really good jerseys. We rarely see them come out with something objectively bad. This is objectively bad. And I hope that they listen to the fans complaints and hear how disappointed they are with what they came up with and make some adjustments because there's no way I'm feeling confident that's going to look good on any of the players.
0: Mm -hmm. So um, my thoughts are very similar. I think when we were getting, you know, the little teasers of the Jersey, they never actually showed the logo. So everyone was kind of, you know, anticipating the 1970 Jersey just in gray, gray and blue. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I would have, I wouldn't have minded if, uh, because the whole point of the reverse retro is like, yeah, you're bringing back a retro Jersey, but don't make it exactly the same as, you know, the retro jersey, you gotta change it up a little bit. So, honestly, I would have liked it if you know it was just the 1970 jersey with the you know the the the, the Maple Leaf. Um, basically, it's the Maple Leaf the, that that old logo was the one that they used, you know, like 10 years ago. It was on the Leafs jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have minded if I know <laughs> there's a lot of bad memories associated with that logo, but I wouldn't have minded if they just took the 1970 jersey, same logo, and just made it you know gray and blue if that was their mm-hmm. thing, right. Um, I just don't think it, you know, mixing this logo or at least if not that make the logo gray, I guess. I mean, I would love yeah. blue and white, but if, if you're trying to like remix it by adding gray, at least either stay true to the logo or just make the logo gray at least, right? Something I, I about that this logo is- just does not work.
1: Yeah. You know what I think would be a bit out there, but might actually work mm-hmm. instead of gray, make it cream colored.
0: Mm. Yeah. A
1: lot maybe. of teams recently have been trying to do that, and there's some that looked a little weird. But you know, I've seen some cream jer- colored jerseys that actually look really nice. Mm-hmm. So that's my suggestion. If you want to make the Le- Leafs jersey a little bit better, I know the Leafs haven't used that color ever in their existence, but hey, it's worth a try, right? Mm-hmm. It's better than what they came up with.
0: We'll see how the jerseys look when they take the ice. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it does look better in game. You never know. But, uh, yeah, at surface level right now in these photos, you know, it's just that logo. That logo just doesn't sit right. Um, but other than that, what are some of your favorites? We don't, we'll, we won't, you know, use up too much time here. I just want to know what are the ones that really stuck out for you?
1: Uh, I'll make it this one nice and short. The, the easy one for me has to be the L.A. Kings mm-hmm. one. The Using the purple and the gold was an awesome job. I think it looks great with the logo that they chose are saying they wanted the crown being used dead but i think what they what they used is uh, great and i think that they should probably consider making their permanent jerseys these colors because i don't know it just it seems cooler
0: because
1: mm-hmm. purple is not a color you usually see in sports let alone hockey
0: mm-hmm. why and the hell not yeah i mean when you think of kings like purple and yellow are usually the colors associated with royalty so it just makes sense
1: yeah, so quickly a couple other ones that I really liked uh, were the Avalanche one with the Nordique logo, mm-hmm. uh, the the Devils had a really good one, the Panthers had a really solid one as well, mm-hmm. the Flames, great job on bringing the horse logo back. The Capitals was decent, and the Rangers one I think was pretty nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Similar to you? About you, yeah, similar to you. A lot of mine are pretty much the same. Again, no oh. specific order. I'm just looking at a you know photo of a bunch of them right now, but definitely the Kings, um, the Avalanche, um, the Panthers. I really like the Panthers. Like it looks like that, you know, it looks like you're wearing like a like a uh, it's 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 like a it, it really does look like a retro jersey. Um mm-hmm. not just because of the logo but just the look. Um also I get that a similar vibe from the Sharks one which I really like. I really like the Sharks one. Um the Flames the Flames uh Blasty the horse brought mm-hmm. back. I love that. Um Tampa's jerseys, I mean it's very similar to what yeah, they wore um you know when they won their first Stanley Cup and that design you know looks so good. Capitals as well. The Ducks. I love the Ducks. Uh, they're uh you know like the cartoon duck logo. Um and I would say you know I really like the Canucks. Oh and the, the 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 Rangers of course yeah, but the Canucks one with the gradient kind of bringing that back except with the green this time. Um I really like that.
1: Yeah. I think in this grand scheme of things, more often than not, there were some decent ones, mm-hmm. a few elite ones, and then a whole lot of meh. And I think the Leafs are definitely had one near the bottom. But I have to say, I have to ask you, out of all the ones they came up with, which one would you say is the worst?
0: Um... I wouldn't say it's the worst, but I, I will say the Islanders one is pretty lazy. It seems mm-hmm. um, they could have went with the Fisherman logo, I think so. Yeah, but I
1: think a lot of fans would have liked that.
0: Mm-hmm. In terms of worst, I mean, let me see. Uh, the thing with worst is like you know you could say the Leafs one is down there, but I feel like the worst ones really are the ones where they didn't really change much um i don't really like the stars one um and the red wings ones they just seem really you know uh almost like very very blank you know mm-hmm. and uh i think the oilers one would look better with the like a, a the orange logo instead to make it pop a little more but mm-hmm. yeah those are pretty much my ones what about you
1: uh definitely the red wings one because the gray makes absolutely no sense the mm-hmm. islanders one is i agree with you very lazily put together the Jets one, I'm not really feeling it. I know some people liked it, but I'm not one of them. But I think the one that really just I was really the most excited about, but really let down, was the Senators design. Mm-hmm. They had it was it's almost perfect. The black ruins it for the black stripes ruin it mm-hmm. for me.
0: I mean, I will give them uh, the benefit of the doubt because they're kind of the only team in NHL that pretty much rebranded intentionally to be retro. This uh season so it's not like they could have pulled you know another retro design when they're already using it as their primaries now so i guess they had to get a little creative there but you know um i'll give them the pass because they pretty much are bringing retro back in its entirety anyways
1: yeah no, of course their sand, their logos is fantastic mm-hmm. i'm not worried about that it's just like i thought they would have looked much different mm-hmm. it just doesn't sit right with me that's all yeah
0: no yeah i totally get that um but yeah those are our uh those are our rankings. Um, let us know, tweet us which are your favorite uh, reverse retro jerseys. Um, we want to know.
1: Yes, and your least favorite too,
0: mm-hmm. just for, to balance it out. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the uh, the least ones as well? Um, oh. But now let's let's head into the basketball talk, which is pretty much going to be the bulk of this episode because a lot has happened. Just yeah, a lot has happened. I want to start off with uh, let's say probably the biggest trade that went down so far um middle the Milwaukee Bucks um acquiring uh both Drew Holiday and uh Bogdan Bogdanovic um and pretty much making their team a lot better at least their starting five you know they had to give up picks and a uh and um you know a bit of their bench and their depth there but i think it's pretty much like they get, i'll say they gave up a lot in the trade with uh um for holiday but it one thing's clear, they have to... They want to contend. It's not just they want to contend. They have mm-hmm. to contend this season if they want to keep Giannis and impress him enough yes. to, extend, uh, to extend his contract. I,
1: I don't think it's really contending. It's more like they need to make it to the finals because mm-hmm. what's the best that the Bucks have done since Giannis has been on the team? Winning two games to the Toronto Raptors two years ago. Mm-hmm. Or last year, last year, sorry. And they haven't done anything before or since that would probably convince Giannis that this team is capable of doing something special. And think of it this year. They go into the, the bubble thinking, oh, this is perfect. We had one of the best regular seasons ever. We are the clear favorite to get out of the East. This should be a cakewalk. The Miami Heat, no problem at all. Boom. The Heat take them out in like, what, five games or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting at here. They needed to make upgrades, and Drew Holiday is a huge step up over Eric Bledsoe.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. kudos
1: to them for that. And if it doesn't work, then you're going to have to figure out how to keep Giannis happy. Because this seems like they're making a desperate move, and this screams decision 1.0 all over again.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Pelicans, so in that trade, the Pelicans received uh, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and a few draft picks. I believe it was three. And mm-hmm. uh, the Bucks received, you know, Drew Holiday. And then in a sign-and-trade, they got Bogdan Bogdanovich. So that starting five is looking a lot more stable, I'd say. Yeah, a, it's a big improvement, and I think uh, it definitely helps them, you know, be a top contender in the East, you know. And we're obviously going to talk about this later, but I think they're mainly, you know, for next season, it looks like they're going to have to be contending with uh, alongside uh, the Brooklyn Nets for the East
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about that. What? But I just yeah. want to focus on the Pelicans for just a moment here. I think So will do much better in New Orleans, where he's in a bit of a lesser role, because I feel like he was
0: overused, utilized
1: in Milwaukee. Would you say? Would you say that that's mm-hmm. a, that's a thing?
0: Yeah. I don't think he fit their system perfectly. I mean, we've talked about it all along. Like, uh, you know, that point guard position, or just a guard in general, was mm-hmm. what the um you know, what the Bucks were really missing. Yeah. As well as someone I who think, is consistent, right? Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what I think this move will do. It'll put Bledsoe in a situation where he can, doesn't have to be primarily focused on the offense. Like, obviously, in Milwaukee, essentially, his role was get the ball to Giannis to get out of the way. And I don't know if, if that's a, a viable, like, system for Bledsoe to really get his value, like, truly shown so perhaps in new orleans yeah he'll be in a lesser role but if new orleans wants to decide decides to want to move him away to get a younger piece at the deadline they
0: can do it Mm -hmm. for sure um we'll just have to see i mean honestly the pelicans have been wheeling and dealing very smartly they know they have a young core drew holiday Mm -hmm. was always you know that um if anything that extra value he is a star player he's very underrated i would say um and you know we all knew you know last season when they traded away anthony davis that that rebuild was full on they got a a lot of good pieces uh back from him super young team and this is just going to bring even more uh you know more assets for them to work with so i think honestly i can't even say a winner or loser on that trade i think the pelicans got a good haul back one to be proud mm-hmm. of. And I think the Bucks, uh, yeah, they kind of had to over overpay, but um, really the real prize here is not only, you know, a chance of the championship, but also trying to get Giannis to stay. Yeah, that's
1: really the bottom line of this move. This is a move to try and make Giannis feel more comfortable about the direction of the Bucks and make him more inclined to sign.
0: Mm-hmm. And again,
1: you have to do these stuff. If the if the Bucks don't do any moves and just stick with with what they left the bubble with, then I don't think Giannis is feeling too confident about mm-hmm. if he wants this re Mm-hmm.
0: And I believe his uh, deadline is next month for the, basically the biggest supermax contract of all time. Do you think he signs it? Um, I honestly don't know. You know, I, I feel like if, you know, up until yesterday, I would say no, because if he had, if he wanted to, he would have signed it by now. But I think they're really trying to push for, you know, using this final, these final, this final period of time to convince him. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. But uh, kind of transitioning from the Milwaukee Bucks, while we were talking about Eric Bledsoe, we've been talking about him all season, you know, in possible trade scenarios, anyways. And one name we were throwing out was uh, Chris Paul to the Bucks. Yeah. But I think. So yeah, what happened actually was that the Phoenix Suns uh, landed Chris Paul yesterday. Um, yeah. We we are filming or recording this on Tuesday, but um, yeah, so the um, the Phoenix Suns acquired um, Chris Paul, and that is gonna make everything honestly really good. I'm just trying to get the details over here, but basically the main pieces were uh, draft picks and Kelly Oubre, which is he's 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 been a great player as well um but and chris paul goes the other way um to the phoenix suns now we're, we're basically going to see Devin booker finally have you know a good point guard beside him um and deandre ayton um is going to be a, you know we've already see, seen him improving and, and that team could you know contend in the in the west we've seen them you know play great in the bubble so this if anything chris Paul's a proven winner um We saw that last season in uh, Oklahoma City. We could just imagine how they're going to play this season. So what do you think of that trade?
1: I think it's a big trade for the Sun. The Suns, Phoenix has been longing for a quality point guard, like you said. But more so, this bubble, again, I'm just referring to the bubble here, was their breakout uh, performance. I have to say, going out of the bubble... I was super confident in the direction of the Phoenix Suns even though they did not make the playoffs. It's there's no laughing matter. Winning 7 games, straight games and not making it has to hurt. Of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But now that they have confidence in what they're they're building and the direction it's getting going towards, it's the perfect time to strike and acquire someone who can help bring them to that next level. And I think Chris Paul is that player. Now, does this mean they're going to win a championship? Absolutely not. The West is still loaded, and I don't think it'll ever be as loaded as it has been right now. But there's definitely an opportunity for them to try and sneak in to the 6-8 to seed. Definitely the 8 seed is the most feasible option for them at this point, but they're definitely in the conversation. And I like what this move does and I think Chris Paul he'll do really well setting up Devin Booker because I think if there's one thing that Chris Paul likes to do is uh distribute the the basketball and Mm -hmm. if there's anyone who would probably benefit the most it's a guy that once scored over 70 points in a game
0: Mm -hmm. um yeah I'm I'm honestly so excited for this I think his veteran leadership as well is gonna rub off on both Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and uh Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that. Let's talk I want to quickly talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder though. We know now, you know, they're officially in rebuild mode. Kind of we all thought they were in rebuild mode last season, um, but you know, they still contended surprisingly with Chris Paul. And that just proves, you know, how much of a leader he is and how much of how much success he brings. Um, but you know, I want to talk about how the Oklahoma City Thunder has maximized their assets in an amazing way i think what like they have like i think i read 17 they own 17 first round or 17 draft picks from now until 2027 something like mm-hmm. that that's absolutely insane um
1: they, they, yeah
0: yeah and and I'm, I'm reading here a tweet here that says uh, sam presti flip russell westbrook into one all-star season of chris paul kelly ubre ricky rubio ty Jerome, jalen Leck. Three first-round picks and two pick swaps.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't forget to mention the Dennis Schroeder trade that just happened two days mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. That for Danny well. Green. Yeah. Another great acquisition. Danny
0: Green and a first rounder. So they, they're really maximizing those assets over there in Oklahoma City. And uh, you know, although you know Sam Presti couldn't necessarily win with the you know the team he put together, which was honestly one. Of the one of the best teams of the early 2010s you know kevin durant james harden russell westbrook Sergi Ibaka, um but the fact that he is still turning all you know and, and when kevin durant left it kind of kind of made things crumble but he was able to flip that flip what he had into you know he, he really maximized his assets in, in a really amazing way so honestly they're going to pretty Much be set, um, and let's see how their scouting and you know their drafting ends up being. But they have a boatload of assets right now.
1: Yep, there's a reason Sam Presti has been working with the Thunder for 13 years now, he is very keen at asset management, making the most of what he's got. And yes, of course, uh, it didn't work out with the big three of KD, K, KD, Westbrook, and Harden. But the fact that he even was able to assemble those three players should speak to his keen eye for talent, and it's being utilized yet again. And let's not forget this Oklahoma City team did way better than what we were expecting. Like you said, in the playoffs, they made it to seven games against the Houston Rockets, that are appear to be imploding, which we'll get to later. And that should and that's that should speak volumes to. Uh, how quickly this rebuild will go. I don't think it'll be as long as you, as people might think it it will go. And I think that's good because when you have a GM that is able to get the most out of all of his players, is able to quickly build through the draft, maybe sign some guys that probably don't have a immediate value upon first glance, but then as time goes on, they become much better than people ever thought they could be. So mm-hmm. if you're a Thunder fan. You should be grateful that Sam Presti is still running the team. Yes, it sucks that the team didn't work out the first time, but I think the future is bright in Oklahoma City.
0: For sure, for sure. That so that entire situation is gonna be interesting to see how it unfolds next season and you know for Oklahoma City's um situation over the next few years. Um but other than those trades that uh happened, um, there's been a, a boatload of rumors surrounding the houston rockets basically james harden has requested a trade uh rumors about that russell westbrook has requested a trade so um it looks like you know houston is about to blow it up honestly he's kind of having to blow it up but more so focused on james harden there's been rumors that he's really pushing for a trade to the brooklyn nets and the brooklyn nets really want him i don't know what you think of that and the fact that Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and uh, James Harden could be a big three.
1: That would make the Brooklyn Nets the favorite in the Eastern Conference, bar none.
0: Mm-hmm. That,
1: that just sounds scary to me, just the idea of those three players being on the court at the same time. Although, my question is, how would it work for distributing the ball? Because Harden is a guy that loves to have the ball in his hand. Kyrie is a guy that loves to have the ball in his hand. Durant is a guy that loves to have the ball in his hand. Someone's got to sacrifice. And I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know if Harden wants to do that again. Because I think he clearly recognized that, yes, he could take one for the team, but he likes to just dictate the offense. So I like the idea. It sounds scary. If it works out, they probably are going to win a championship. The only thing is, I just don't know how it's going to work mm-hmm. on like running the offensive scheme.
0: Yeah, I mean, in theory, they're all they're all ball dominant players, so um, I don't know how it'll work. But you know, these players talk about it beforehand, or they these players plan it out beforehand. So most likely, so they know what what you know what what will likely happen, and they know that either one or two of them has to kind of ch- either change their play style or you know adapt to um a new play style and I think they're all in on that that actually reminds me of a tweet I saw I I have to send you but it was basically like someone said like it was it's like the Nets offense next season and um it was basically like 2k and and uh all three of them just dribble the ball out and then one of them just takes the shot at the final second and that's how the offense would be (laughs) <laughs> um but that's good <laughs> but uh yeah it's it, they're definitely ball dominant it's gonna be interesting to see how they do it but I definitely think I mean we know James Harden Kevin Durant has played played together before um and I really think they could get it done I don't know you know the the thing that the odd one out there really is I feel Kyrie Irving because we know he wanted to be you know the man or if anything, he wanted to be the man alongside Kevin Durant. And now I feel like when you add James Harden, if anything, that makes him the third option um, when you think about those three players, yeah. um, which I don't know how he's going to you know, feel about that. And we don't know so much, but if this becomes a reality, it's definitely going to be an interesting season to watch. And the Brooklyn Nets are definitely going to be honestly one of the most interesting and crazy teams to watch. And it's going to be super fun.
1: I mean, it might be interesting to watch what happens with Kyrie Irving. But what happens if he himself demands a trade, even though he probably would be on board with the acquisition of James Harden? Mm -hmm. Because like you said, he's a guy that really wants to show that he can run a team. And what's it now been? Three three times already that it didn't work out. In Cleveland, that team wasn't going anywhere. As soon as they brought LeBron, that's when they found success. Mm -hmm. In Boston... They found their success when he was sitting on the bench, and on uh, like on on IR, and the same thing in in Brooklyn. The team was not as good as people thought they were going to be this year, even though Kyrie missed a, a good chunk of the time and did not play in the bubble because mm-hmm. whatever. I, I think what
0: I think what in this scenario what might really, if anything, you know, him with a distaste of anything. I'm just thinking because when he left Boston he kind of accepted that he does need a 1B if he is going to be a 1A you know have a 1A 1B situation with Kevin Durant but you know he didn't even get that chance yet to play alongside Kevin Durant in that 1A 1B scenario and I don't know how he'd feel if you know he came in with that expectation and he doesn't even get a chance because now they bring in James Harden and he goes from his 1A 1B scenario into being basically a third option.
1: I will be curious to see what the future holds for Kyrie in Brooklyn. There's mm-hmm. a very strong possibility that maybe he wants to go to the Knicks because mm-hmm. the Knicks definitely desperately need a star player.
0: But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Speaking of the Knicks, I'm getting better on my transitions. Uh, but there you go. Speaking of the Knicks, they actually are rumored to be looking into acquiring James Harden's teammate Russell Westbrook, and uh, for him there's been a number of rumors swirling around. Um, you know, essentially that obviously he's not the the player that James Harden is. So he's not attracting as much interest, but the rumors off the top are that the Knicks want to seriously uh, try to acquire Westbrook. And also, you know, a rumor that just came out, I believe you sent me and it just happened, you know, shortly a short while ago, but that the, washington wizards are interested in possibly acquiring um russell westbrook for john wall i think that more so is just um you know the rockets trying to maximize their um the value they can get back from russell westbrook and Mm -hmm. i think that's important to the uh the rockets because i also read a rumor um that Basically, I believe it was from uh, Brian Windhorst uh, of uh, ESPN. Brian Windhorse sorry, of ESPN. Um, that there's conversations from around the league that uh, Russell Westbrook does not have either does not have trade value or does not have much trade value. And you know, I think it's a, based on you know Russell Westbrook. It, it, he's an amazing superstar player. Um, yeah. but Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to find winning around him, you know, winning. You know, he's he's we, we think back to his MVP season and he played amazingly, but he couldn't bring winning for his team. And it doesn't seem like winning comes for the team, you know, mm-hmm. around him. And uh I don't think that's a knock on him. I just think he's also not the player he was during that MVP season. And I think there's concerns about that about, you know, how he'd fit on certain teams. He's not He's, he's an amazing player, but I don't think he fits on every single team, you know. he It's very hard to find the perfect fit for him. And I think yeah. that damages his kind of trade value. And I think that's why the Rockets are in a position where they just simply want to maximize their, um, their return. And that's why possibly, you know, John Wall, of course, another player, another point guard who... His value is kind of low right now because of his injury issues, things like that, but at least you're getting a star player back in that scenario.
1: Yeah. I'll try and keep this brief. I think if you're the Houston Rockets, in addition to having to potentially move James Harden, it's not a matter of if they're going to move both of these players, but when you have to get the most out of them. And while there's going to be questions about whether or not Russell Westbrook is the same player that he once was, the triple double machine there's you can still get something out of him because the name alone should be able to entice teams enough to want to get him and a team as desperate as the Knicks, like I say, I would love to get a guy like Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. he'd be a star there I'm telling you like you know how Carmel Anthony became huge in New York just because there's just been barely anyone to look up to Russell Westbrook would be the same kind of thing and by, by no means is this going to turn that franchise around because there's going to need a lot of work there. But I'm sure there's going to be plenty of teams like the Knicks that
0: would really love to get a guy like Russell Pressbrook. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the thing with the Knicks is um, I think the smartest way to build a team is obviously do what you know Oklahoma City, New Orleans, uh, teams like those have done, which is maximize the young assets and the draft picks built through drafting, things like that, right? the knicks though they're in a unique position where you know their drafting hasn't gone as well as they planned and uh you know they've been kind of uh unlucky let's say for the longest time um but you know they should you know you'd think that the new the new york city would be a free agent destination i think i think acquiring that big star that can at least propel them hopefully you know towards at least the playoffs would um attract start attracting free agents and i think they're they're confident that you know if they can just take that step forward and at least have one you know big big star and say like hey look we have a star player um you know we are a solid threat you know we're getting better things like that and we're we're taking steps towards success i think that is what would honestly pay off better than you know trying to keep building through the draft and you know they haven't been getting luck there and it's been it's just not been working like that i mean we've seen it with brooklyn they uh they made the, they they made the playoffs one season and then they're they're slowly building towards success and they were able to draw kevin durant and Kyrie irving over so i think the knicks mm-hmm. are they, they don't want to be stuck in that you know um kind of mediocrity <laughs> um Level, yeah, yeah. So I think it would be a smart trade for them if they can if they can acquire him. I would say if they can keep you know, especially RJ Barrett, which is most likely, yeah, their their biggest asset and biggest piece for the future.
1: And they have the financial resources to make a deal like that work, aren't they? One of if not the most valuable franchise in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like the success doesn't have to come because the New York Knicks will always be, you know, that historic. Team in that huge market, and they'll always have fans. They'll always always be worth a lot. It's just they need to bring that success slowly but surely. And I think getting uh, you know a player like Russell Westbrook, who honestly, if he has to, he could possibly play like he did uh, in his MVP season and kind of carry a team on his back, at least in the East. And if Mm -hmm. they could take that step, like you know, even be the eighth seed in the playoffs, I think players will take notice that they're building towards something.
1: Exactly, and just the allure of what it would mean to the city of New York if they were part of the team that uh, snapped the drought. Mm -hmm. I mean, we say it with the the Leafs a lot, like how much it means to players if they're able to win the cup for them. The Knicks is probably bigger just because of how more well known they are worldwide. But I think these players would recognize how awesome of an opportunity would be to be on that team that finally
0: wins it all. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think it would be interesting if he went to the Knicks, but He's not, you know, Russell Westbrook isn't in the same situation as James Harden. I think they'll, the Houston Rockets will let the James Harden situation play out first. And honestly, mm-hmm. as the rumors keep going, I feel like it's getting closer and closer to a deal. Um, another rumor was that, you know, James Harden might be, you know, uh, pursued by the Philadelphia 76ers, but it, it's looking most likely to Brooklyn Nets. So we'll see how that plays out. And then the Russell Westbrook news, or, you know, the Russell Westbrook um rumors will keep going on and then that that'll that'll follow but uh until then i also want to talk about the toronto raptors and we'll talk about that yeah. really briefly um first i want to talk about fred van Vleet who went on uh jj reddick's podcast um last week and he basically made he made it clear that you know he's won a championship already um he's 26 years old he's played great and now he's ready to get paid right yeah not necessarily that you know winning is important to him but he said you know he's always been a winner um and that's gonna come anyways you know he's won a championship already but he needs to get paid you know as he should and i and i completely agree he should get paid um and he's he's in for a big payday now yep. what this means for the raptors is that you know now a lot has changed this week for the raptors because um you know for the most part, the Raptors were wanting to save their money for 2021 for possibly Giannis. Um, and you know they would like to get Van Vliet on a discount. Now, Van Vliet is I'd say the biggest free agent this uh, in this free agency class. And again, the New York Knicks um are rumored to be you know ready to offer a big bag for him. Um, possibly you know the most he can get around 22 million. And uh, a year, and I don't know if the Raptors are ready to give that to Fred Van Vliet, but a lot is changing in the sense that hey, what if the Knicks do want Russell Westbrook as their point guard over Fred Van Vliet, right? Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Suns were supposed to be a contender to try and get Fred Van Vliet. Now they just got their point guard in uh, Chris Paul. And then also uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Um, how does this affect? you know, if Giannis is ready to sign an extension, does this mean, you know, Toronto isn't as committed to saving money for next season and they might just be ready to, you know, spend more on Van Vliet, right? So a lot has changed this mm-hmm. week. And, um, yeah, we, we really don't know, you know, if the Knicks' offer kind of disappears because they're pursuing a West, Westbrook, then Van Vliet might take a cheaper contract with Toronto. Or if, you know, if the Milwaukee situation changes with Giannis, maybe Toronto's prepared to, spend a little more. So I want to know what you think about, you know, what his thoughts were and and where things might be headed.
1: I mean, I want to bring up Bobby Webster's thoughts because he said recently, probably today Mm. that signing Fred Van Fleet is the Raptors number one priority. And I think that's been their top, uh, their at the top of their list of uh, off season plans since last year, because Van Fleet has a big importance on this team. We've said this many times, that he, he is going to be important to the team's long-term future, especially when you consider Kyrie or, uh, uh, Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. and what the future might hold for him. God bless him. He's a Raptors legend. But who's to say his time in the league is uh, not going to be as long as we'd like to think it would be? Because everyone has an expiration date on their career. So the Raptors have to keep that in mind. And I think if they recognize that Van Fleet is the future and he's going to take over the point guard position once uh, Lowry starts to slow down a bit and takes on bench minutes, then you have to sign him. Doesn't matter if other teams are interested. He is... If you don't sign him, the offseason is a failure. It doesn't even matter if you get a replacement. Van Fleet is the most important thing the the Raptors have to take care of.
0: Mm -hmm. And then secondary to that, I think it... Honestly, it all plays into each other kind of is, you know, Sergi Baca. He's gaining a lot of interest from a number of different teams. I'm seeing like, you know, the, the Lakers have a lot of interest in him. The Rockets, we already knew that had a lot of interest in him. And also the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, that situation might be changing with them trying to get um, James Harden. But I mean, the Brooklyn Nets would really like as they are, would really benefit from having Sergi Baca in their system. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he said that he would like to stay in toronto but you know the increased interest from all these other even big big market big name teams um and all contenders as well um you know is gonna make it harder for toronto to compete for his services um yeah and i think it plays into the the van vliet um you know the whole van vliet situation because um you know also marcus all we don't know his his situation as well but if he does Go, and then if Sergi Baca also goes do you think the Raptors are ready to leave uh, you know to lose possibly three free agents no I think they'd no. even you know jump at at least keeping one even if it means slightly overpaying because um, that would be an unfortunate position to be in to lose three major free agent major yeah. you know core pieces just like that mm-hmm. so, and I, I don't think...
1: know if this team is ready to commit to a rebuild like that would just basically mm. yep we uh, have to rebuild now and it would just basically destroy all the hard work that Messiah's been building for the last five years do they really want to just undermine it because they lose three players I don't think so mm-hmm. they're gonna find a way to keep two of them and yeah. I know one of them is probably gonna be gone and that's Casal, mm-hmm. and that's fine as long as you keep two but Van Fleet has to stay he has to sign that is the number one priority I, I... already repeated myself but that's just yeah because it's
0: true I think the bottom line here is that Raptors fans went into this offseason, you know, not even thinking that this offseason would be that um, you know, that detrimental or, or even have anything to worry about much, but I think the increase worry is that, you know, uh, that there is a lot of suitors for these players and it's definitely going to be harder for Toronto to compete to keep them, but I think they definitely could keep them even if it means um You know, slightly overpaying, but we'll see how that plays into the whole Giannis situation in the 2021 free agency situation. I think Masai knows what he's doing, and uh, we'll just have to see how that plays out.
1: Mm -hmm. Just a bit of breaking news here. I just posted it uh, for you here. The Atlanta Hawks are in play to acquire Gordon Hayward. Just quickly, your immediate thoughts on that.
0: I mean, I did not expect that. I'll be honest with you it's an interesting fit you know with Trey Young Mm -hmm. down in Atlanta and I don't know who or what they might trade but Boston is definitely trying to um, make a play with um, Gordon Hayward I also read a rumor that they were actually Boston was also inquiring about Drew Holiday and a possible trade for Gordon Hayward and picks but ultimately Mm -hmm. the Pelicans went with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks I think they got uh, I forgot what the exact deal was, but for the, that that uh, Celtics proposal, but I definitely think they got a lot. Like the Pelicans got a lot more from the Milwaukee trade, but that's an interesting mm-hmm. deal. And, and obviously, the the main thing is Boston's looking to unload Gordon Hayward mainly, mm-hmm. so they can have some cap space, possibly make some more moves there, and that's probably what it's going to come down to. You know, um, and I think. Even the Hawks would benefit from that because a young team adding a vet like Hayward who can still play very well, um, just injury problems is just the concern, um, and they can take on that extra salary. So I think it makes sense, but we'll have to see if it actually goes through right now. That's a rumor that you sent, so we'll have to just wait out. It's a very intense time now.
1: Oh yeah, and and I think he'd be motivated by going to a team like Atlanta because I think he came into boston with high expectations potentially being a key part of the team but then he got that injury the first game of 2017 18 and it all spiraled from there i think a fresh start would do him wonders and i think for a team like it like on a team like atlanta that probably doesn't have as much expectations if he can rebuild his uh his image and like, get to the level that he was uh in his last season with the jazz he might be able to Fork over more money when his contract runs. It. When when does he uh, become a free agent?
0: Who, Gordon Hayward? Yeah, just want, I'm just wondering. Um, let me check that really quickly. Um, but, I mean, while I check that, you know, bottom line is uh, Boston's definitely trying to move him out. And it makes sense um, on the Hawks' side. for That kind of trade makes sense, but we'll see. I'm sure they're trying to maximize their, their assets there. Mm-hmm. Atlanta has been making okay. some smart moves to Atlanta. I think they'd, they'd probably try to get some sort of pick or something to accommodate for taking on that contract. Um, he would be a, a free agent. It's, it's a final year deal anyways. So he, he's a free agent next season. So it's mainly so Boston can unload that final year of his contract.
1: Well, there you go. A guy that's motivated to get a
0: big payday. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, uh, finally i mean we i know we talked a lot about basketball and that honestly that's been the biggest sport uh in terms of news this week but uh, yeah. finally i think we'll end it off with uh tomorrow is wednesday and probably the day actually you might be listening to this but the nba draft is uh is wednesday night and yeah. uh honestly as i was telling you uh before we start recording it's a very unpredictable draft i mean we know the the top players uh you know the big names are LaMelo Ball, uh, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, and we know that the top three are Minnesota, um, Golden State, and Charlotte. But And rumors yeah. have just been flying, but this is, for the most part, a weak draft, and I think teams know that. But all I'm saying is don't underestimate that because there might be a raw prospect in there that could actually turn out good that might be undervalued or maybe he's even at the top. Maybe it is like LaMelo Ball, who everyone says is a very raw prospect with the high potential. But, you know, that's what teams are scared to touch those types of players, but it could pay off. And, you know, when I think about the last draft that was like this kind of weak in, in this sense, it was 2013. And we do know that uh, a superstar player came out of that draft in Giannis and Tetacumpo. going 15th overall in that draft. So it's definitely yep. going to be interesting. I'm not going to say this whole draft is weak. We just have to give it, a, give it some time. But, um just your quick predictions. I don't think we even need to do a top 5. I just want to know what you think. I definitely for me uh there's been rumors that, you know, Detroit, Chicago, New York wants to move up and uh, you know, try to get LaMelo Ball because you know, as it sta- as it sits, LaMelo Ball apparently is supposed to be, you know, rumored to be the um assumed number 1 pick by teams. I honestly don't think he fits I think out of the, even those top three teams. I think Minnesota is the, 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 Probably the worst fit for him <laughs> to mm-hmm. be honest um, I mean, that's just not you know, they just got D'Angelo Russell. I just don't think like that You know, that would be <laughs> that core would be a pretty yeah. uh, weak core in terms of uh, defense and I just don't think it's a good fit, but I honestly feel like if if, if, that's, if if nobody trades up, I think Minnesota should actually take Anthony Edwards and then LaMelo Ball either drop to second or third. But I think LaMelo Ball is the intriguing prospect that teams want to take first. So that's, that. I'll leave it at that. That's my prediction, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't know how, how it will go. But what do you think? Okay. This isn't
1: a super hot take, and it's probably going to be proven wrong immediately. But I don't think Lamella Ball goes first. Mm-hmm. I think uh, somebody else is going to be taken first. I feel like if if you're saying that Lamella Ball, as good as he is, is not the, the his least uh his best his probably the worst fit for him would be Minnesota. They probably go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I mean we've seen that in a lot of drafts in the past where what we think is the consensus pick, somebody else uh, surprises us and gets taken first overall. Like I wonder if Wiseman or Edwards gets taken first overall Mm -hmm. instead of Ball. And if you're the Golden State Warriors, you don't take LaMelo Ball. So that leaves Charlotte. So what I'm saying is that potentially you could see Edwards going first, Wiseman going second, and LaMelo Ball dropping to third. That's my hot take prediction, and I can't wait to be proven immediately wrong.
0: No, I actually really like that prediction. It's this is such an interesting draft. I, I, this is a really interesting draft. Uh, there's just so many outcomes, and you know, so many rumors. I've seen rumors that Minnesota would like have been taking looks at Lamelo. I've seen, you know, Golden State. You know, James Wiseman would be the most obvious choice for Golden State. You know, uh, a a strong center, which is you know, Golden State's been lacking a a true center for the longest time, like uh, in their starting lineup, in their core. And uh, I mean, Charlotte would benefit from you know a guard like Lamelo Ball, but you know, it's funny because Michael Jordan is there in the whole Lavar Ball and Michael Jordan thing. It's funny, but then I've also seen rumors that the Charlotte Hornets are starting to take interest in Lamelo Ball. I just think it's so interesting that LaMelo Ball can go anywhere from like 1 to 4, 1 to 5. I think any of those players can go anywhere between 1 to 5. And I think when mm-hmm. you have such a polarizing prospect as LaMelo at the top of the draft, um pretty much the, you know, the top-ranked uh prospect in the draft. He literally he's such a raw prospect, but his ceiling is so high. I mean, I don't remember the last time we've had a prospect right, like that, right? his his ceiling is so high but his you know his bust potential is also (laughs) kind of high in a sense right um it's just so interesting um and like yeah i mean he could even fall to the bulls and i I think he i think he would fit in great with the bulls um and we know that the knicks would honestly love to start their rebuild with him um yeah it's just tomorrow night's gonna be insane that's all i'm gonna say
1: i'm i'm looking forward to it too and i think uh like i said I think my prediction is probably not going to come true. I think the the Timberwolves are going to bite the bullet and take Lamelo Ball first, even though he's probably not going to be the best fit. But I mean, like you said, there's
0: so many possibilities for
1: how this thing could go. I'm really, I'm really intrigued.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see how Lamelo Ball does pan out. I mean, I've, I think everyone, most basketball fans have been watching him since he was in high school, and you know, like, there's been so much ups and downs surrounding him, but he has a lot of talent. And I think. Um, he's definitely benefited from, you know, taking, you know, Lonzo has pretty much taken, you know, a lot of the controversy and a lot of the learning mistakes and LaMelo has just is honestly, he seems like 10 times more mature than Lonzo was. And he doesn't have as many distractions to deal with now, you know, um, I think he's in a great position to succeed. Um, and honestly, I'm just excited to see, because I think he could possibly, I think he's very likely to reach that ceiling more than, you know, being a bust and everyone thinks it's just where he'll fit in, what team he'll fit in with, you know? I mean,
1: speaking of fits, uh, I I would love to keep this basketball talk going, (laughs) but uh, I want to just talk about the Blue Jays for a moment here. So yes, if you guys enjoyed the basketball talk, uh, let us know what your thoughts are on the off season so far, what trade you like to see, and years, Van will sign with Toronto. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just want to go focus on the Blue Jays for a moment here because there is some rumors suggesting that they are going to make a big splash in free agency. Now, free agency is kind of different in baseball compared to other sports where it's kind of, there's no real set date for it to start. And it, a player could be signed right away or they may have to wait until near the start of spring training. And we've already discussed. Trevor Bauer is a potential option, and I've mentioned in passing Lindor as a potential fit, a, a player the the Jays might go after. I think I mentioned this last week. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Blue Jays are also reportedly interested in bringing signing George Springer and or Jackie Bradley Jr. I want to ask. I want to just first get your re- initial reactions on, and then I'll give you my analysis.
0: So. Uh, You mean, like, my initial reaction on, uh, you know, them wanting to bring in someone big, right? Yeah. So, honestly, I think who they should bring in is, honestly, I'd say Trevor Bauer. (laughs) I mean, that also was a big rumor, right? And we kind of talked about it last week, but he really does make the most sense in terms of the Blue Jays need that big boost in pitching, most importantly, I feel like. And, uh He's, you know, especially especially a team like the Blue Jays, we talked about it with Lindor and things like that. Um, you don't want to spend too much because you're still kind of in, in between a rebuild and, and contention, right? You're not yet in contention. You don't want to, you know, throw away assets just yet. Trevor Bauer being a free agent, you know, you could get a lot, um, you're basically getting a lot of value in just signing him. Um, so I think he, I mean, I'm hoping if anything, he would be, if they were to make one big move, he would be that big move. I don't think Lindor – I mean, Lindor would be amazing, but I don't think – um, I don't think, you know, we talked about this last week, but I don't think he's kind of the one that they should go for because that's – you know, a move to acquire him is like what a, a true contender does by putting their eggs all their eggs in one basket, right? Yeah. And then, you know, when it comes to George Springer and Jackie Bradley Jr., I think – Both of them would be great pickups for the Blue Jays, but I think they should keep their eyes out on um, Trevor Bauer, honestly.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you that pitching should be a priority because looking at their starting rotation, it's looking like, as of right now, it's going to be Hunjin Ryu, Nate Pearson, Ross Stripling, Robbie Ray, and Tanner Roark. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't feel too confident about that starting rotation, especially once you get to Ross Stripling because... It looks really good with the first two guys, but I definitely think a third option would be super helpful and would solidify the depth. And more importantly, you could help give the depth, the relief pitchers a boost, which I think they desperately need. So I definitely agree with you that pitching would be a huge upgrade, but I also think this team could use a center fielder. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: why I think we're hearing George Springer And Jackie Bradley Jr. has potential options. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing about those two players is you're gonna. It depends on what kind of player you want. Springer is probably a name most people know because he's one of the better offensive players in the league. He last season he hit in 2019 he hit 292, 383, 591, a career high 39 homers. Uh, He would definitely be a huge boost to the offense. But I'm not 100% certain that's the kind of thing the the Jays need. I definitely would be intrigued by it. But I don't think Springer is someone that they desperately need because they have plenty of offensive weapons, which is why I think Jackie Bradley Jr. might be the player they go after. Now, you remember Kevin Pillar, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Great defensive player. Not the best offensively, but you can rely on his defense. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what Jackie Bradley Jr. is. He's a gold glove winner. He he can hit, he can rake if you need him to. But I think, think that defense is something they desperately need back there. And just looking at their depth chart right now, you're asking Guriel Jr., Currick Hernandez, man LeFort. I don't feel t- totally confident in that. In spite of Teoscar Hernandez's great offensive season, I definitely think they could use a, a, some extra help back there. And I think Jackie Bradley Jr. would be the perfect fit, which is why I think if they're going to sign a center fielder, that's the guy.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think well, that would be, I think that would be, you know, a great addition to the Blue Jays, and it would make a lot of sense. I think that would be an ideal off season. It would be, it would be really good. Um, I think. I mean, I'll leave it at this. I think the Blue Jays do need to make some sort of big acquisition, um, preferably in free agency, because I don't think they're ready to, you know, spread, spend. Uh, a load of assets yet but um any of those options would be very beneficial mm-hmm,
1: absolutely i totally agree with you again those are just two names that have been brought up there's so many other options out there i'm sure there's plenty in free agency that would give the blue jays a big boost but again it all comes down to they need to make a big splash ross askins alluded to it i think it is going to happen it's just a matter of who mm-hmm. is coming
0: mm-hmm. the blue jays are in a- interesting spot because you know they kind of accelerated their rebuild last season um so they are you know you want to spend assets but you also don't so it's gonna be interesting so uh i think with that we will go into our next kind of topic kind of round out this week in sports um nfl and uh we'll talk first about you know uh your buffalo bills how about that Uh,
1: i was not looking forward to this part of the episode (laughs) uh listen they played well against a really good Cardinals team that a lot of people were not expecting to be this good this year, and I give them full crops for that. But thanks just the way that the game ended because Buffalo did so well to thirty seconds remaining, and I think it was fair that oh the game's over. But when you have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins that has the skill to make something out of nothing when he's the one that has to catch the ball, then there's always a chance. And that pains me to say, because this is now the second time that DeAndre Hawkins has burned the bills in a key game (laughs) this calendar year. But it's true. I will admit, DeAndre Hawkins is a special talent. And they've got something cooking there in Arizona. Offensively speaking, they're one of the better teams in the league. Defensively speaking, they're one of the best. So if you're a Cardinals fan... You're looking you're feeling pretty good about yourself because that team could very well win the NFC West.
0: Mhm. I mean, yeah. That game was easily like, I mean, <laughs> you said it before, um basically, I mean, it may have been the low life for you, but out of all yeah. the games this week, that game was definitely probably, you know, the highlight of the week. Um and it was it was amazing and just that play um when Hopkins Obviously I've seen the memes and everything and you know I've even seen one that it's so funny it's like this is a Jordan brand commercial and it was basically like he caught his gloves are Jordan brand and I forgot you know the, the other two defenders were Adidas and and Nike and it was just like it was just an insane catch all around of course like a highly real um a highlight real play there but yeah it was just entertaining to watch and Arizona has a good team and and uh Kyler Murray is uh making a strong case for you know his superstar status there and um it's just it's just it was just an insane uh game i'd say but yeah i mean we'll see how your buffalo bills bounce back from that but i wouldn't worry too much
1: they they better at least they have the good thing is they have a week off (laughs) because this coming week is their bye week but i have to mention how imagine how texans fans must feel watching that
0: oh yeah i mean again i mean i i think I've, i've all the headlines now are like just re-emphasizing. I mean, it was already known as a lopsided trade, but they're just re-emphasizing how much of a lopsided trade that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah. Speaking of the Texans, though, um, the Cleveland Browns um, actually beat the Texans uh, on Sunday, 10-7. Um, yes, to seven. They, they are now tied with Baltimore. And uh, I think it, it's looking good for Cleveland. It really is. Um it- you know, for a team that you know is known for, you know, not having their expectations set high, you know, it's nice to slowly be able to kind of set their expectations, you know, higher and higher. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is probably the one of the best seasons they've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, look at their record. I don't remember the last time Cleveland was sitting six and three a- after week ten. It's been a while. Let's let's just put it that way. So to be in their position right now is huge, and. I mean, they still have a long ways to go. their defense is still suspect. losing Odell is huge mm-hmm. but it's still possible there's still a chance that they can uh squeak one out and potentially find their way in the playoffs. That
0: and, would be huge mm-hmm. and I mean, if anything um we say in all sports, these kind of you know big step seasons either way are are essential to a team's long term success yeah. so you know it's 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 nice to see and i feel like every week you know it's, it's exciting to watch browns games but the, the main thing is that you know they are you know finally finding success slowly slowly but surely
1: mhm and i'm hopeful that they make it mm-hmm. it's just it's just because for it would it means so much to uh the fan base mm-hmm. and for a lot of football fans cuz i think a lot of football fans would like to see the browns finally have success and not just success for one year, but sustained success.
0: Oh yeah. So I'm um, with that, I think we will round out uh this week's episode. I mean there's been yeah. a, a plenty of sports news this this week, I mean, and a lot more to look forward to this week, I mean, especially in basketball. Who knows when this episode is out, maybe James Harden might be a, a Brooklyn N. maybe something else crazy might happen. But we'll see. Um, as always though, uh we'll go through our you know, our sign out here. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at the Leafs IMO, the podcast on Twitter at Behind the Net Pod. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and YouTube. And I'm looking forward to what's ahead because sports are finally starting to wrap up in terms of news. And I'm hopefully that makes us get through the cold month of December, which, I mean, if you saw the weather yesterday, because we're recording this on Tuesday, it's been pretty bad
0: Mm -hmm. and it's so weird because we just had like almost summer weather last week which is funny um yeah i was gonna say you're so much better at that uh the outro spiel than i am but yeah um thanks thank you for listening and we will catch you guys next week
1: take care guys